Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to preview Jupiter's upcoming entrance into the sign of Taurus. And in order to do that, we are going to look simply at several of the previous Jupiter into Taurus periods that we've experienced. I think I have the last three. They occur about every 12 years. And um, some of these may be relevant for you. Some, if we go back more than two or three, uh, some people, you know, may not find that, you know, they were born yet or that, that you know, it's, it's, it's easy to recall things from that long ago or whatever. Um, but what we're going to do today by looking at these previous periods is give you, along with those previous periods, some potential topics to look for during those periods that would have been active through Jupiter's uh, movement through the whole sign house in your birth chart according to your rising sign. That's so a little bit like horoscopes, but not really because we're just going to look at those previous periods. And I'm going to show you based on my own Taurus rising chart, Jupiter returning into my first house, what those previous periods was were like and give you that as a template for looking at your own chart and applying the same kind of memory work so that you can get started sort of prepping for Jupiter's entrance into Taurus. Then what we'll do is in a separate video, and horoscopes, we're looking at this too. Um, obviously, we're, we're looking at this in terms of the astrology of May and things like that, but we'll be breaking down Jupiter's entrance into Taurus from an archetypal perspective later. So today is not about let's get to know, you know, Jupiter and Taurus in depth standalone, but more so let's look at the previous Jupiter and Taurus periods that we've experienced, um, you know, the last couple of cycles, and let's look at what was happening during those periods in our lives, and I'll give you an um, a template for how to do that. So I think this will be really useful for people. I hope that you will enjoy it. But before we get into it, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're new to the channel, your subscription and your thumbs up always mean a lot. It helps the channel to grow, helps people to find the work. Uh, share your comments. That helps the channel to grow as well, especially if you have stories. On my channel, we, one of the names for the planets was the Graha or Grabber. So as a kind of a, a, a shout out to the planets, we use the hashtag grabbed when the planets show up and seize our lives. And we're like, whoa, that was a planetary event. Um, if there's a good illustration of the astrology that you have to share, use the hashtag grabbed, tell us the transit and leave your story in the comments section or email us your story, grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. And occasionally we aggregate those into storytelling episodes. I'm also in promotion mode right now for my upcoming class, which is uh, ancient astrology for the modern mystic. If you go over to nightlightastrology.com, which is the uh, school's website, you will find um, <clears throat> If you click on the courses tab and click on the first year program in particular, this program starts on June 11th. It's a one-year course in ancient Hellenistic astrology. It's a class that prepares you to read natal charts for other people, um, as well as deepening your own relationship with astrology and deepening your own ability to use astrology meaningfully uh, as a spiritual uh, guidance system through, for, throughout your life. Uh, the class is 30 webinars on the year. We have um, a forum discussion staffed with tutors. You can always ask questions. We have breakout study sessions if you need help in between major units of study. There's tons of bonus material and quizzes and um, reading and um, things that are there to help you go as deeply as you want to with the program, whether you're doing it for fun or you're studying because you want to read for other people and develop a career as an astrologer. Uh, so it's really kind of meant for people at different levels, and we have different layers and levels of material available for people depending on how far you want to go. Everything is held live via webinars, but everything is also recorded and hosted on a class website. So you can take your time with the course, take as long as you want to to finish it or participate live through the whole program.
Uh, at the bottom of the page, you'll find that there's an early bird payment that saves you some uh, some money. You'll find that there is a payment plan and also that we have need-based tuition assistance. Now, for those of you who need a little extra help, check out the need-based tuition at the bottom of the page there and apply early because we have a limited number of those spots available. Um, they are filling up every week. We get a lot of uh, new applications in for people who might need a little bit of help to make it happen. We understand people are in different positions in life. We want to make sure nobody's priced out. So if you could take, if, if that would help you and uh, you can take advantage of that and it helps you to study something you love uh, without, um, you know, uh, stretching you too far, then that's what it's designed for. And that's why we have the Kickstarter every year too, is that helps us, um, you know, provide those spots for people. So when people uh, donate uh, to the channel, um, we end up being able to have a, a pretty cool business model that allows for people of all walks of life to study astrology at different income levels. So anyway, that is, uh, that's it for announcements. So let's get into it. We're going to talk about Jupiter's upcoming entrance into Taurus. Now, Jupiter is going to be entering Taurus this month of May 2023 and will be there until May of 2024. So let's go ahead and put up the real-time clock and take a look at this. Here is the upcoming entrance of Jupiter. So you can see it moving here. I'm going to get it right to the day. So you can get it down to the hour even. Yeah, so here we go. This is this is about as close as I'm going to get it. May 16th in the afternoon, uh, here in the United States anyway, you have Jupiter entering the sign of Taurus. And then it'll stay there until May of 2024. So Jupiter takes about one year per sign of the zodiac. It travels through the whole zodiac in about 12 years. Uh, so Jupiter's time in Taurus is going to be with us from May of 2023 to May of 2024. Now, as I was saying, what I really want to do today is just go backward in time and look at the most recent Jupiter cycles that we've had. We're going to go three deep, and uh, that'll take us 36 years backward total into the past. And under these three uh, previous Jupiter into Taurus um, seasons, we want to get a feel for what was happening in our lives because that's going to give us a big clue as to what area of our life will be uh, given that Jupiterian boost. Jupiter was the planet associated with spring and all life-giving qualities. In fact, Jupiter was exalted in the sign of Cancer, which was called the gateway of mankind and is the sign of the moon, the sign that was related to the birth of the cosmos itself, as well as the sign that is most related to the physical incarnation of the soul as it comes through a womb and a mother and takes on a body. And so Jupiter was exalted in this sign. Jupiter also ruled sperm and was associated with all life-giving qualities like warm, moderate, uh, moist weather that makes plants grow. Um, so Jupiter is a, a, a planet that is broadly associated with life-giving, life-supporting, generative, abundant qualities. So it's a, it's a planet that's much more fun to talk about than Saturn. <laughs> you know, like, you talk about Saturn moving into Pisces or, you know, whatever, wherever Saturn's going, it's usually like, all right, where's the work, you know? And Jupiter has its own work to it too. But Jupiter's, the place where Jupiter is going in our chart is usually the place where preparation meets opportunity. You know, it's like if you've been working on yourself and Jupiter enters your 10th house, you're going to get opportunities in your job. Uh, if, you, if you've been working on yourself spiritually and Jupiter enters your ninth house, you know, you're going to find that teacher, that class, you're going to, your faith is going to grow significantly. Jupiter enters your marriage house. You've been really working to make different choices in love. You're going to meet someone different and it's going to be a different kind of opportunity. So 
I feel like that's the phrase that I like to use for Jupiter, where there's been preparation and ground laid in our life through all sorts of different spiritual work that we're doing. And then Jupiter comes along and it presents us with opportunities. What And what do we do with those opportunities? Jupiter will hand out opportunities, not guarantees. Um, Jupiter, in my mind, does bestow blessings as a matter of fortune or destiny, but often it's the opportunities and whether we're able to sort of seize the day or not. So with that in mind, what I want to do is say, let's let's look back at these previous Jupiter in Taurus periods. And I'm going to give you, an, you know, just my own little version of this as a template so that you can do this kind of journal work. So what I did was I sat down with a Word doc on my computer and I just looked at the past three Jupiter into Taurus periods. Go back to when I was pretty little. And I looked at the major events happening in my life, given the house location in my chart. Nothing really to do with Jupiter and Taurus itself, but more just to do with the house location. Okay. So that's what we're doing today. And then we'll do a separate video where we really dive into the meaning of like, what is Jupiter and Taurus all about? But Jupiter returning to a certain house in your chart is what we're looking at in these intervals. Um, so let's go back in time. Jupiter was last in Taurus between June of 2011 and June of 2012. Um, so I'm going to put the chart back up on the screen. Let's take this backward in time. So I'm going to go back to uh, 2011. And I'm going to go forward just a little bit here. So here is June of 2011. What I want you to notice is that there's Jupiter entering Taurus. So this Jupiter enters Taurus in June of 2011, stays till about June of 2012. So what happened for me during this time? Now, I'm a Taurus rising, which means this is in my first house. I'm going to tell you my little journal, how my journaling exercise went rooted in the topics of the first house. And then I'm going to give you some key words for all of the houses to, to act as prompts for your journaling reflections when you look back at these periods. So you can see kind of what I did and then how to do it yourself. So um, what, what I started with was, okay, what is the first house all about? Because I'm a Taurus rising, which means Jupiter's returning to the first house in my chart. That is the house that is associated with body, mind, and spirit. It was called the helm of the ship, and it was the only house that was described of, it was described as the native themselves, meaning the chart owner themselves, their body, their psychology, their spirit, their soul, their vital essence, their health. It was so it's a house that is very much about you or about me if you're a Taurus rising, right? Now I'm gonna give you keywords for all of the rising signs in a minute, and then you'll be able to apply this exercise to yourself if you're not a Taurus rising. Most of you probably, you know, probably aren't. There's maybe some out there, but so with that in mind, oh, and the first house is also the place where planets rise and first appear in the eastern sky, including the sun. And so it was also the place associated with birth. And not surprisingly, the horoscope is measured by the hour and moment of birth, with what is rising above the horizon at the time of birth, representing what is coming out of the womb uh, and appearing for the first time. So just like planets are coming out of the womb of the earth and appearing in the sky in the east, the baby's coming out of the mother's womb and appearing. So that co correspondence between the first appearance of the child and the first stars and constellation or zodiacal space or temple emerging at the hour of birth is why that rising sign is so important. But because of that, the first house is also generally associated with inceptions, the beginning of something new, and usually something that will last a long time, that has a long future ahead of it. First house transits could include moving to a new location or starting a new job or getting married or, um, you know, having children or um, going back to school or so. So major pivotal events that define the starting point of a very significant new chapter in life. That tends to be first house transits, for example. So 
I found that that was probably the most significant for me, but there were some physical health things that I thought were really interesting too. So anyway, you go back to June, 2011 to 2012 as a Taurus rising. I'll just tell you what I wrote down in my journal. Uh, it was during this time that I had my first date with my wife. Um, by the end of that year, my wife and I had moved in together and were formulating the uh, starting of our yoga studio, which we ended up having for a decade. So uh, that was a very inceptional year in terms of a, a major new turning point, starting point in my life. Uh, you know, meeting my wife, uh, moving in together, starting a yoga studio, that all happened while Jupiter was in Taurus. So major new beginning, first house. Now, uh, that so and there were some other things too like one of the other things that i thought was kind of interesting about this period there was like you know first house can have to do with health and body and so i at that time um <laughs> so funny the beginning of i would say like my journey with weightlifting started it's been a very slow developmental process but i started doing um p90x i don't know if you guys ever heard of that it's just tony horton is the cheesiest guy in the world anyway i started doing these home really like really intense like home workout programs and started transforming my body. Up until that point, I would say since like my early 20s when I played, I played lacrosse when I was in college. And um, there wasn't, and, and I was, it was a club team. Like I, I learned how to play on the spot. It was just for fun. Um, but in, since then, I really hadn't had any major athletic stuff outside of like yoga. So it was uh, definitely like a, a shift in my physical and, and uh, my body you know, as well as being this brand new start with my wife and moving in together and starting a yoga studio. So Jupiter in the first house, big starting point. All right. So then if we go back to the previous cycle, let's go back now. I'm going to bring up the chart again. So, and you're going to see exactly how to do this. You want to look at that same time, June of 19 uh, or June of 2011 to June of 2012 was the first one. Now we're going to go back in time. And the, the one before that was June of 1999, all the way till June of 2000. Now, what you're going to see at this time is that here we are again with Jupiter entering Taurus. So let me highlight it for you. There's Jupiter entering Taurus. This is, uh, and did I get it wrong? Was it June? I thought it was June. It might be actually early July. No, it is. It's late June. So it goes in about June 28th of 1999. Okay, I didn't mess that up. So June of 1999 to June of 2000, Jupiter was also in Taurus. So again, I'm Taurus rising. So it's in my first house. What was happening around that time was I left school and went to, we have this thing in Minnesota called post-secondary enrollment option, which is the ability to go to community college, your junior and senior year of high school, um, and start accumulating credits that will transfer to in-state colleges and schools that double as high school credits and college credits. Um, I was sort of disillusioned with school and really wanted to study uh, philosophy. And so I started going to the community college and um, studying philosophy. And that was a major turning point in my life because I left school. I started studying a subject that would carry me throughout my adult life toward things like yoga, ayahuasca, astrology, like the, the, the choice to leave high school and to start studying um, uh, things like, you know, psychology and philosophy at a community college nearby was a major turn in, in terms of my life interest and focus. And the other thing, it was my senior year of school. And I ended up, um, I ended up choosing to go to school during that year to major in philosophy. So um, that was that was a really critical turning point in terms of finishing school, 
uh, going to college, choosing to study philosophy and putting myself on a trajectory to do everything else I would do later in my life with regards to, you know, um, all the things that I now do for a living. It all began with a choice to leave high school and start studying philosophy. That was a huge turning point in my life. And it was very uh, interesting that Jupiter was in my first house. So not surprisingly, during that time, um, I also was, uh, because I left the sports teams at the same time that I sort of left high school, I also uh, started working out on my own uh, at a gym. I thought it was funny because I would drop it and not come back to it for a long time. But it was actually the first time that I ever, I, my parents got me, they, they had a family membership to Lifetime Fitness. Started going to Lifetime Fitness and lifting weights. And that was the very first time I started lifting. I thought that was really interesting too. So that was a little bit less important though than the choice to leave school, start studying philosophy and then major in philosophy and going off to college. That all happened that year. So again, turning points in the first house that are very inceptional. Now I'm gonna give you guys some keywords to apply this to your chart based on what your rising sign is, but just wanna show you how the exercise turned out for me. I'm gonna take it back one more. You go back one more time to March of 1988 all the way to March of 1989. So this is really interesting because now I was really young during this time and oops, let me go back. Just let's go back just a little bit into March. All right, here we go. So you can see this is March 8th of 1988 and all the way until 1989. So during this year, what happened was my dad, who was a minister, got his first major promotion and he, we had to move. And we, so that was the first time that my family ever had like a big move. And if you know anything about preacher's kids, you know, that preacher's kids are a little bit like military brats, you know, where you get, you get scooted around a lot from church to church and place to place. Um, and so that was the first time that my dad got reassigned to a different church, a bigger church, and we made this very big move. And I underwent what I would call, you know, I was pretty young. I was in elementary school, but it was a major shift of identity into a much bigger community. Um, and uh, just, uh, I was really young, right? So I was born in 81. So it was like eight to nine years old or seven to eight around this time. But this was a... Um, big shift of identity and my life direction would change dramatically because we relocated to a different city. So, uh, you know, you can go back to when you're pretty young to track this stuff out. If you have a memory for significant life events, it'll often track. Now, sometimes it won't. Sometimes I've noticed it with these exercises. I have this theory that sometimes it's like some of our karma is not totally on board until we're a little bit older. Not all parts of the birth chart are appearing at the same times in life. So you do have to keep that in mind. But to me, um, you know, most of us should be able to go back all the way to, you know, the earliest Jupiter um, cycle that we were alive for and be able to notice some major life events that even if we were too young to have like a, you know, like a, a, a deep inner life and, and self-awareness that biographical events in the family can sometimes be helping define what that period was about, what things were getting started, what opportunities and developments were coming up. So... At any rate, um, so let's go back over those really quick. And then I'm going to tell you what to look for based on the whole sign house. So we're May 2023 to 24, Jupiter and Taurus is back. June 2011 to June 2012 was the last one. Go back in time, see what was going on based on the whole sign house. June 99 to 2000, 
go back and check what was going on around that time in your life, especially according to the whole sign house. And then March 1988 to 19, uh, whoops, to uh, 88 to March 1989. So now what I want to do is let's go and just take a look at, I'm going to reduce everything. I'm going to take everything out of this chart except for Jupiter. So we can just totally focus. And let me pull it over here, getting it all set up. Sorry, guys, take me just a second. And we're going to put, um, I'm going to put Aries on the ascendant so we can just start. And we'll just go whole sign house at a time. Now, um, let's go ahead and give you some keywords to look for. So if you're in Aries rising by whole sign houses, this is a return to your second house. So that means we're talking about topics like resources, the things that you own or possess, the skills you're trying to develop, the things that you have in your possession that can be helping prop up and support your life, money, um, investments, income and expenditures, business matters. Uh, and again, I think of uh, the development of skills and resources broadly as a second house topic, along with things like money and investments and um, business earnings and things like that. So think of what was happening around those topics and go back in time, 2011 to 12, June, uh, June 99 to 2000, go back to March 88 to 89 and notice what kinds of themes were happening. Uh, look at what kind of opportunities and abundance or blessings or support was coming into your life, especially with when considering Jupiter. All right, so if we go forward, we already did Jupiter in the first house. I gave you guys plenty of information about that with my own chart. So let's go forward to Gemini. In the 12th house, you think about those things that are trying to make themselves a part of your conscious personality. It's the, the stuff that's repressed, it's the stuff that's in the shadows, that's trying to find a way of being included in the psyche. So it's the repressed material, it's the shadow material, it's the stuff that um, either undermines you or that if you don't learn how to include, will feel left out. Uh, those are some broad ways of thinking about the 12th house. So think Gemini rising, what was, in, what was in the dark? What was in the shadow? What was trying to find a way of being integrated into you during those times psychologically or spiritually? With Cancer rising, we place this into the 11th house. Think of groups, communities, uh, friends, circles. Uh, my wife is a Cancer rising, for example. And one thing that I thought was really interesting when uh, looking back at her most recent period was that, you know, we were launching our yoga community during that time. And it was in the 11th house for her, which I thought was really fascinating, uh, especially since she's a sun moon Taurus in, in the 11th as a cancer rising. It was a big moment of launching a community space and project. I mean, we had a yoga studio that was existed initially out of a big house, which is why we called it Sky House Yoga. So I thought that was interesting, but communities, groups, um, and social dynamics in your life, look at how those were changing or evolving. If you're a Leo rising, then think about work, career, professional reputation, status, uh, development of skills professionally, the sense of calling professionally, uh, opportunities to grow and develop professionally. So you think about things like that in the 10th house for Leos. If you're a Virgo, then we're thinking about the ninth house, spirituality, faith, learning, long journeys and travel abroad, uh, expanding the mind, teachers, teaching, um, and your beliefs and philosophy and how your uh, philosophical lens might have been changing or expanding or growing in some way, or again, like meaningful uh, education or travel. 
For Libras, we're thinking about the eighth house, the blessings or benefits that come through other people, the soul contracts that we have with other people with Jupiter in the eighth house. So here you're also thinking about the things that bind you or bond you to other people, both negatively and positively. Jupiter in the eighth, for example, can, can be about the temptation to be with people you shouldn't because they provide you with something beneficial. But at the same time, you can end up feeling stuck, trapped, obligated, or in an unhealthy dependency of some kind. Um, so there, there can be a little bit of a devil's bargain with Jupiter in the eighth. But still, Jupiter in the eighth is also about the blessings or benefits that come through things like death or uh, relationships with other people, the assets, resources, money, or wealth of other people, loans, uh, taxes, things like that. So think about the things that you share with other people if you're a Libra rising. Now, uh, if you're Scorpio rising, then this is all about love and relationships. It's all about the bonds and interpersonal connections. It's about marriage, and it's about um, the opportunities to grow and develop in love or things that are changing or growing or expanding for a partner, uh, things that are happening in primary relationships, even business relationships. So you think about that area if you're a Scorpio rising. Now, if you're Sagittarius rising, we take Jupiter and we put it into the six. So under these previous periods, you think about the kind of effort, work, sacrifice, and service that you're putting into something. And it probably will turn out nicely with Jupiter in that house, but it requires sacrifice and hard work. It requires service and, um, you know, some sense of uh, being a part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, so things like charity or things like, you know, having to for example, in an apprenticeship where you have to put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in before you get paid. That's a very sixth house kind of thing. Jupiter in the sixth house can also be about the blessings or benefits that come through the things that you have to fight and work really hard for, uh, but they end up becoming like um, very supportive as a result. It's also about recovery or mending things that are broken or trying to return from an accident or injury or um, you know having good luck when things could could have gone worse. Uh, the things that end up helping somehow during periods of turmoil or crisis. That's very Jupiter in the sixth as well. Now, um, Jupiter in the fifth, if you're a Capricorn rising, is all about creativity, uh, sexuality, romance, fun, joy, playfulness, children, pregnancy. And generally speaking, the question with Jupiter in the fifth is, um, am I feeling creatively fulfilled? And what opportunities are presenting themselves to me to find greater creative fulfillment or enrichment, uh, greater joy and spontaneity, um, what kinds of things were bringing you happiness at that time? What new things were appearing that were offering you uh, a deeper sense of creative connection and flow? Uh, that's what I would look at as uh, that's a great place for Jupiter. Um, you know, sometimes Capricorns can work a little too hard. So having Jupiter and Taurus in the fifth is also like, let's make sure that, that we're having fun too. Aquarius. This puts Jupiter in your fourth house, which is the place of home, family, ancestral karma, living environment, property, land, roots, ancestors. So, you know, births in the family, marriages in the family. Sometimes there's regeneration in the family. A grandparent passes away and a child is born. The transformation around the family with the general theme of growth and abundance. Sometimes the fourth house, Jupiter has a little bit of like a turning over the soil in the family, which weirdly with Jupiter in the fourth can sometimes mean that like there's some letting go of things that happen, but it's just in the same way that, you know, in the springtime, a lot of dead stuff has to be cleared away so that the new life can come. Jupiter in the fourth has a little bit of that vibe behind it too, especially around family karma or living environment. All right, let's go on to Pisces rising, which finally 
And last but not least, places Jupiter into the third house. Now, I love this for themes of learning, growth, travel, just a, a year where there's like a busyness, but it's a pretty uplifting and stable and joyful busyness. Like you're you're doing a lot of things, but there's a feeling of support behind them. Uh, you're busy, you're thinking, you're learning, you're studying, you're doing a, maybe a lot of travel back and forth, more like local travel. Uh, but there's a, a feeling of it being good and supported and easy somehow. I also like this as the development of big new ideas, of bold communication styles, of even like, it's funny how like Jupiter will enter the third and people will get like a van or something. <laughs> you know, the, Jupiter enters the third in any sign and you get like a big vehicle. Um, but Jupiter in the third is also about needing the environment to reflect a peaceful, you know, Jupiter in the sign of the bull and the sign of Venus and the exaltation of the moon. This is some, something to do with the environment needing to reflect these uplifting qualities of Jupiter or the mind taking on some of these qualities, which can also mean it's a, a period where you're learning, studying, thinking, communicating, uh, changing your mind somehow, changing the habits and patterns of mind, mood and emotions are shifting uh, as new things are coming into the environment and growing. So what you surround yourself as a Pisces with in the next year uh, in the environment, both internally and externally, is really important. The opportunity to make changes in the environment that can change other things like relationships or work or whatever is huge. So it's almost like a year of psychic feng shui for Pisces. All right. Well, those are broadly speaking, the topics that I would look for. And then again, it's going to be May of this year to May of next year, but go back. What was happening in those areas of life, roughly speaking, between June of 2011 and 12, 99 to 2000, and 88, March 88 to March 89. If you do that work with journaling, what I've found that it does for me, because I do this all the time, is it just helps me to uh, get a feel for what the new transit is likely to bring. And then when it starts coming in, there's it's almost like, you know, it, it's almost like, okay, there's a, a U-Haul coming and some delivery people and they're bringing all the furniture to a new house. What time are they arriving? I want to be there, greet them and help them bring all the new things in. When we're prepared like that psychically, it's amazing how much more smoothly the opportunities, blessings, and abundance of Jupiter can start working its way in because we're there with like a little welcome committee, like, hey. So I rec I highly recommend this exercise for those of you who like to do nerdy things like scribble in journals. Um, but if not, then at least they can just, you could just do 10 minutes of just sitting here listening to this, listen to it again and think back on those times and what was going on. Look at the topics of the whole sign house based on your rising sign that we just gave and see what comes up. All right. Well, that's it for today. I hope this was useful for everyone. Before you go, don't forget to like and subscribe. You'll find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com. Don't forget we're in enrollment season. Go, go check out the new courses at nightlightastrology.com. Any questions about anything ever, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. That is it for today. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye, everyone.